Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hello, everybody. Lizzie here. Welcome to those of you who are new. Listen, this week, life has humbled me in so many good ways. I've had some tough conversations with myself. I can tell that I'm really in the middle of growth. And I have had these conversations with myself in my self-coaching, with my coach that I work with, in a group that I'm in for my business. I just want all of you to know and an emphasis to my clients, but genuinely all of you guys, including those of you who are not my clients who have come and done consults with me, here is what I think about you. And I want you to just have this and know it. You are truly the most amazing humans, all of you, every single one of you. If you are drawn to this podcast and you listen in and you apply this work and you do this work and you have a desire to come work with me, or you already do work with me. I just want you to know all of you blanket statement, 100%. I feel like the most blessed woman to rub shoulders with this crowd, this group of spiritual, um, self-motivated and yet sometimes struggling mamas. And I love you guys so much. And I don't ever want for a second, anybody to think that I take you for granted. This week, as I've been doing some really deep digging on myself, I've also expressed that appreciation to myself, and I have felt it even more to all of you. I want to make sure I pour this on thick because when we're going through growth, and this is, again, not just for my clients, although you guys hear me, please, but all, all of us, when we are growing quickly, which by the way, it's when you're, you feel like your life feels like booty, like it all just feels so bad. A lot of the time when we're growing quickly, it does suck (laughs) a little bit. It doesn't feel awesome. I call it the river of misery. Like you have to go through the sucky part before you get to the next level. You, where you have higher highs, you have to experience this lower low. It's like a prerequisite from the universe before you raise to that higher high. And I want you to know that there's it's really important to hold yourself and love yourself during that time. So come work with me if you need some some more personalized holding and loving, but please do love yourself through the changes you're going through. Give yourself grace and space to feel all the things. Okay, this week we are talking about a topic that it is so just really close to my heart. We're talking about birth trauma, and that includes anything you feel like was traumatic. I'm not going to narrowly define trauma because trauma isn't actually what happens on the outside. It is what we feel on the inside. And it's common with near-death experiences. Specifically, I'm going to just limit it to that for now as far as birth is concerned, but also maybe you didn't almost die, but there was something really unanticipated that happened very quickly. And maybe you didn't have a chance to even speak for what you wanted done with your body, 
right? And how hard that can be in the, in the labor and delivery room. So today we're going to be talking about this never in our medical industry and our medical history as a country, um, have we been more capable of reviving people who come close to death or replenishing, um, the blood of a mother who was hemorrhaging after giving birth. If that's triggering, that's as far as I'm going to go for the today, by the way. So don't worry. I'm not going to be talking blood and gory that, you know, like into depth today, but because we've been so able to revive and help people not die, which is so amazing on the converse side of that, there's never been a time in history where we've had so many of us postpartum moms taken with us after being in the hospital, this trauma and these feelings of having come close to the veil of death, of having lost tons of blood. Even if you technically weren't as close as somebody else, if you felt like you were dying, right? That is a traumatic experience. And so there's never been, um, as many alive, you know, human beings who are living, who have gone through that as today, because our medical industry is so capable the emotional wounds and the emotional pounds that we walk with, that we walk on into our motherhood after these experiences. Okay. It can be lonely. And by the way, if there's somebody that comes to mind who maybe you're listening to this out of curiosity, but you know, somebody that's been through this, please do share this episode with them. This can be one of the most lonely things and it can be birth trauma stuff can just be something that women tend to kind of belittle and try to, you know, pretend away or hide from themselves because they're just so busy being a mom and they don't have time to really work through it. So please give somebody the gift. If you know, they had birth trauma of sending them this episode. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch boys, DuraClean interior paint and primer in one offers stay clean technology making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boy's easy opening, smooth pouring container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. So first, I'm going to share without too many you know, details, I'm going to share my postpartum traumatic moment in the hospital. It is about a hemorrhage. Okay. And then I'm, and again, I'll be really light because I know that some of you who are listening to this episode that might be triggering if you have had birth trauma. And then from there, I'm going to walk you through, um, what I've helped my clients kind of as they've navigated this. And I've, as I've helped them process deep emotions, I want to just give you three pointers as you work your way through your trauma and how, you know, and, or might some signs you might come across if you actually should or need or want to get help with this, um, how, you know, there might be work to do that would require a professional to process it versus just continuing to do the work on your own. And then last but not least, I'll tell you a little bit about how I help my clients do this and why it's important to do this work, what it could be costing you to not really get this processed. So All right, let's talk first about me. So I had three babies in four years. And when I had my first baby, I went in for my 38 week weekly checkup and I had protein in my urine, which is a sign of preeclampsia. 
I'd never had a baby before, so I'd never had preeclampsia before. I didn't even know what it was. And they, it was, my blood pressure was so high that they actually sent me straight to the hospital, which was luckily across the street. My husband was taking an exam. They put me in a room and monitored my blood pressure for an hour and it didn't go down at all. In fact, it was going up. So they went ahead and called it. They were like, we're going to induce you. You're going to have this baby today. And I didn't understand why at the time, but they put me on magnesium. I kind of understood bits and pieces, but this is the thing is when you're in a trauma type situation, your brain isn't understanding as much. And so we come away with not only a ton of pain, but a lot of questions. And sometimes having answers to the questions releases the pain. So I'll tell you more about that in a minute, but I called my husband and was like, you got to come now. He finished his exam as fast as he could. I think he might've even just told the professor what was going on and just left. And we met at the hospital. So they had me in a wheelchair so that I, you know, cause there's risk of seizure Everything went okay once they got me on the magnesium. The blood pressure was somewhat stabilized, even though it was a lot higher than they'd like, but I was having the baby, so that was good. Baby came out. He was healthy, had a little bit of jaundice, but nothing too bad. That was my oldest, Jensen. And then um, about I maybe six or eight hours postpartum in the middle of the night, I woke up and had pressure in my abdomen, and they, I was able to release you know large blood clots. And so... I lost about two units worth of blood. So the average human body has between eight and 12 pints of blood in it. And I lost about two pints. So to put that in perspective, and so I needed, I, well, I didn't need, but my doctor recommended a two unit blood transfusion. And, um, but in the meantime, like they, they couldn't stop my bleeding And they pressed the emergency button and all the women were on the floor. All the nurses were in my room and the on-call OB was like scraping me out. So it was crazy and it was traumatic, yada, yada. I came away with that thinking I was relatively fine for a while. I could feel myself wanting to just chat with friends about it, but here's the deal. And this is my first point. So now we're going to go into the teachings I have for you today. The first point I want to make is that, um, not everyone is emotionally available. Okay. So you might feel like I did the desire and the need, like genuinely a need to express this emotion through telling the story, through sharing it. You can journal it and write it down, but there is something so ooey gooey about sharing it with another human being and letting them cry with you and connecting to them. But what you might notice as you try to do that is that some people might reject that and not actually want to hear it. They might not even be able to stomach it, especially if it was like beyond my trauma and into like losing more blood or having other things happen. Not everyone is emotionally available. So you might have tried to chat with people and I just want to not warn you, but like, let you know, not everyone can or is able to handle it because they don't know how to feel their emotions. It's not because your story is so bad or it was that gruesome or whatever, That's what you might make it mean when they don't want to talk with it, but talk about it. But really, I believe it's because a lot of us Americans or wherever you live in the world, a lot of humans, we don't actually know what to do with the emotions. So they might have a desire to listen and they might really care about you and they might really want to be there for you to listen to your story, but they also might not know what to do with all of the emotion that could come up for them as you tell your story. So that's just something to keep in mind. It doesn't mean they don't care. And I want to make a quick distinction there. They could care very much and still just not have the emotional 
um, tools to be able to handle the emotions in their body. And they might not just know what to do with those emotions that would come up if they were to sit and listen to you, or maybe they're sitting and listening, but then they get to a point where they just have to leave, or they just ask you to stop. Like, I can't, I can't hear more. I want you to know that's not about you. And it's not because you're not worthy of being listened to, right? It's really just about them and their inability or their lack of capacity to hold that space for you as you process your story. So what do we do about that? The thing I recommend is number one, paying a professional who is not only trained, but has literally cleared their calendar and their mind and their time to be able to hold the space for you and listen to you in the way that you need and that you want. Um, another place I recommend is thinking about joining some sort of support group or Facebook group. Maybe there's one at your local hospital, but where there's other women who have gone through something similar. The only thing you have to be careful with that and why I might most highly recommend working with a one-on-one professional is simply because sometimes when it comes to birth trauma, it can be triggering for you to hear other women's stuff. So even though it's comforting to know, Hey, you're seen, you're heard in this group, other people are wanting to be seen and heard too. And they might share something that, especially if you haven't processed your own trauma and grief over what happened with your body and, or your baby or, or all of the above in the hospital could be something that brings you more emotions instead of helping you release them. So whatever path of help you choose, you want to make sure that if if there's a little bit of onloading, like, cause you're trying to be there for other people and you feel like you can handle that, but there's a lot more expressing for you and you're able to release and express them. It might be worth it, but it's a careful balance between, um, making sure that you're just getting enough space and time and safety to be able to release your emotions. And just about that, I want to remind you, you are the one that actually creates safety for yourself emotionally, like emotional safeness. And if you don't know how to do that, or you're having trouble doing that, come talk to me for sure. Like come work with me. Um, but also I just want you to know, like you can create safety by the way you talk to yourself, the way you give yourself love and compassion and understanding, even when other people in your life don't, that leads me to point number two, which is that it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay not to be okay after birth trauma for a long time. I'm talking years, a long time. It's okay. It's okay not to be okay. People who love you will be in pain when they see you in pain. And they won't like how that feels for them. And so they'll want to rush you along. They'll want you to just hurry and be better. They might get frustrated with you even though they love you. And it might break your heart to hear, for example, a husband, your husband, you know, rolling his eyes and being like, really, we're still here. Or maybe he's just gotten to the point where he's stopped caring for you. He stopped making space. I mean, he cares for you, right? But he has stopped facilitating your bigger list of needs right now as you're healing from the trauma he might have an opinion like, we should be past this by now. Why are you still hurting when you carry the car seat? Why can't you sleep at night? Why do you have to da 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 Right? And it's not... So be careful with this because here's why I want to um, let you know this. is like when people feel the pain at your pain or just the inconvenience of it. By the way, that doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean your pain's not valid or able to be there. 
But what happens sometimes for us mamas, right, is we start pretending or belittling our own pain and pretending to be better than we are. We might start trying to even convince ourselves so that it doesn't feel like a lie. We're like trying to show ourselves like, oh no, I'm fine. And pushing past our pain. This is the zone where we create more problems later. So for a short while, you're able to, because what we really want is to feel really good and be better and be healed, right? And so sometimes we like try to talk ourselves into like, oh yeah, I'm there. I'm feeling better, even though we're not just because we want so badly to be better and to be emotionally more stable and to be physically more stable. We want to have our old self back. And so sometimes we can even kind of justify to ourselves like, oh no, I'm doing better. And then later you're twice as bad. And now we're like in double the pain physically, or we're in double the emotional warfare in ourselves. So you could be blind to this. And I wanted to bring it to your attention. Sometimes as women to men who have little capacity to feel their own emotions, or just not as much as would be needed to fully hold the space for our pain and our trauma postpartum. Sometimes we, as women and moms, we people please our pain away and our trauma. And we don't, we invalidate, we play it down and joke about it and get frustrated with ourselves almost as if to send a message to the people who are kind of hurrying us along or frustrated with our pain. Like, like, yeah, I know what the heck versus, and this is where I take moms is being in tune with their body, being willing to put their body first. If that means changing your routine and not doing as much, or taking an hour a week and processing emotions on purpose with me, right? And it could, yeah, it could look different, but where is your priority of your body? How connected are you to your body? Cause you're going to need that connection in order to heal the way I know you want to long-term. So give yourself the space not to be okay. Even when anybody else doesn't give you that space. And again, if you need help doing that, if you're noticing yourself, pushing yourself, rushing through this, feeling guilty, feeling guilty about how you're not able to do more when you've actually been through a lot and you have, and your body has very good reasons for not being a hundred percent right now. I want you to know how to hold the space for yourself. And the best way, honestly, to do that is to work with someone who shows you what that's like. I will hold the space for you. And then I will teach you how to do it for yourself. Okay. And then the third thing I want to teach you that I didn't know that I've learned since coaching many dozens of women in postpartum anxiety and depression. Did you know your body stores emotion? This is the coolest thing. So let me explain just like anxiety can cause literally, it can cause tingling in our arms or a headache or depression can take away your appetite. Those are like outward symptoms. You can have inward symptoms like chronic muscle aches or pains. And both all of these outward and inward stem from emotional stuff, right? Anxiety is an emotion, but it can cause physical stuff, physical pain, physical tingling, physical nausea. Depression can cause lack of appetite. So same thing. When you have emotions stored in your body, you can have chronic pains, or chronic aches. So here's an example. I have a client right now who has pain that comes and goes in her pelvic area, like the birth canal area, pelvic area. And 
this is one of the ways I really started exploring this is in our sessions, as we go into her body and I have her close her eyes, put her feet on the ground, ground herself. And we put, she puts her attention on her pelvis when it's not hurting. What's crazy is when she's there and she's with it and she's listening to it, that pain surfaces a little bit each time and releases. And then she sees it. She loves it. She's able to just be with it. And then it goes away. So she can literally turn her pain on and off because it's emotional. Not to mention that she's been to a bajillion doctors and none of them know why it's there, (laughs) right? Like medical isn't doing anything. And so a lot of times we do have pain residual after really traumatic birth stuff in the hospital or wherever you gave birth, or even if it was something traumatic that happened with baby, but if it was related to your motherhood at all, your body can store it. And then it later can manifest in the form of pain. I've noticed with my clients that their bodies, as I've gotten to know their bodies, and I I almost feel like I've talked to their bodies. I know that sounds so weird, but I'm just so, I don't know. I just have this gift where I can feel the energy. Um, And so when I do this work with with my clients, one thing I notice is that your body is really good at holding the emotion for you when you're not ready to deal with it all yourself. And you don't even have the capacity to deal with it. Maybe you're just like too busy or too distracted, not connected with yourself possibly. But when you start to have physical pain, sometimes what that is, is your body calling to your attention. Hey, I need to release this. Like it's leaking out now in the form of pain. So our body can hold it and it can feel tense and tight. But when we start to have pain, that's like the next level. That's when our body needs a release. And it's asking us for a release of the emotions that it is storing for us in our tissues and our muscles. I've also noticed that the pain related to the trauma in the hospital isn't just from the day it happened. Yes, it's there. But also the way you think about what happened when you had your baby and whatever your trauma is and looks like the way you think about it today and the way you've been thinking about it since it happened is also having an influence on the pain that's being stored in your body, how much of it's being stored and the way it is or is not, um, being felt by you and experienced by you in the form of tightness or knots or, um, chronic throbbing or aching or burning or whatever pain sensations. This is what I do. This is my work in in the postpartum realm with mamas is I help mamas release the emotion in their body. I talk to bodies. Like I, like I, I work with your body just as much as I work with you. I have had special training on this. I've done it for myself and I just have a sense of it. Like there's just a part of it that's natural in me. It's like a gift. Um, what I do is I get you and your body communicating again So you are able to work with your body in understanding where your pain is. And then through the coaching we do, we can understand the thoughts that are not helping and adding possibly more layers onto your pain without you even realizing it. So that piece about how we tell ourselves the story of our trauma um, is really important too, and can be either adding or detracting to our healing. So um, here's how I do this. I teach you how to process your emotions. First, the more recent emotions, the way you're talking to yourself about your trauma. I wouldn't say first, these kind of both happen simultaneously, but there's two pieces. There's the more 
recent stuff that we're cleaning out, like the more recent emotional buildup. And then there's the older stuff too. So here's an example of how this works. I want you to think about an archeologist digging up bones that are a hundred years old versus bones that are a hundred thousand years old. And I want you to imagine as they pull those bone, the hundred year old bone up versus the 100,000 year old bone, how easy will they be or not be to detect? What kind of shape will they be in? With all that time, 100 years versus 100,000, so 20 times, right? As long they've been sitting in the ground. Some may look more like fossils and be super attached to to the dirt around them, right? And almost one with the dirt that they are sitting in where you can't even separate them or it's really difficult to, right? And they might have to get those little tools and maybe get it wet a little bit and to separate it from the ground around it. Whereas others might just come right out. And that's how it is. The more recent the emotion is, the easier it comes out, which brings me to why this work is important. It does build up. You don't want to leave trauma in there that you haven't worked through simply because first of all, there's a lot of pain and even like chronic stuff or autoimmune stuff that can build out of, um, you know, negative festering emotions that are left unchecked. And I think also the biggest thing is you can get into anxiety and depression. You guys, my kids are a little rowdy this time of day. (laughs) I'm just asking for it by recording in the afternoon. So if you hear children in the background, um, but, um, not, yeah. So not only is this work lessening your anxiety and giving you more resilience with depression, but you just get to connect with yourself in the most amazing way. And I don't want you to miss out on that. If you have trauma stuff that you feel like your instinct is saying, yeah, I'm still carrying that this precious vessel, your body that brought you the babies and that carries you around and allows you to create the life you want to have and live and breathe from day to day is so special. It's such a gift. And I want you to give back to it and then it will give back to you in your quality of life going up and your emotional life being more stable. It's really rewarding work. I want to teach you how to manage those emotions on a day-to-day basis and also take care of your body in releasing whatever it's storing from all the stuff you went through. Not to mention one of my favorite parts is watching my children embrace this work. I think I need to do a whole separate episode on that. I think I will, but, um, being able to help my kids, not just distract themselves from their emotions, but really feel it all the way through and be able to release it in the moment or shortly after so that they don't have buildup where they're getting more grumpy and short tempered. Um, some signs that I, as I promised, I want to give you the signs that you might not be done processing and you might have some help or want to get some help. Um, and these are things that I've seen in my clients and also things I noticed in myself. Number one, if you have needed to change hospitals or OBs, because just being around those people or those places has like brought the trauma back. That's when, you know, you haven't processed it all. You can't look at blood. Number two, you can't look at blood or even hear the word hardly or other people's stories. Um, and in, in, in you just can't feel well when that's talked about, that's another sign that you haven't processed and there's probably still trauma there. Number three, you're just ragey or you have a lot of anger in general and you try and try to be more patient, but it's just not happening and seems out of your control. This can be because there's not a baseline. You're not at neutral. You've got a lot of buildup in you. If you have high levels of anxiety and panic, if you're depressive or numb, or something similar. You just don't have the passion and playfulness in your life that you had before your birth experience, whatever went down. So don't settle for this. 
Okay. I'm here to help you. This is what I do. And you can have this help. I would be honored to help you restore your body and your mind postpartum. And by the way, postpartum, the way I define it is even up to two years after you had babies. And if you had twins, it's more like four years following those twins, um, or any kind of multiples at, you know, double the amount of years. So two years is like for a single baby and then two babies and up, it's just like double it for each baby. So four years for twins. So don't feel self-conscious if you're like, Oh, I'm not postpartum. Like if you feel like your experience in the hospital is something that contributes to the way that you are not able to do certain things or be a certain way today, and it's limiting you and there's build up there. It doesn't matter. Just come talk to me, get on a consult. So it's just lizzielangston.com forward slash consult. I absolutely adore and love helping women, um, regain their strength and their wholeness and in the process become so much more connected to their bodies and so much more resilient and strong moving forward. So I think birth trauma, although it was hard and scary, I think it can be a gift. It really can be a gift with the right work and the right processing. I truly believe that through this experience, you can end up more connected to yourself than you ever have been right? But you've got to be willing to do that work first. And that's what I'm here for. I am so just lucky to be doing this work. I'd love to work with you. LizzieLangston.com forward slash consult. You guys know what to do. And I will talk to you next week. Take care. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzielangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft. Made with Tencel, it's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.